snapshot of time. Today we're talking about Wheel of Time, episode two, Shadows Waiting. And as usual, I'm here with the Marshland Monster. Ahoy there, James. Oh, I was gonna say, I was thinking you'd say, may the light find you. And then I was gonna say, the light always finds upon me. (laughs) Oh, man. Right off from the bat, I forgot how terrible these white coats are. It's like if someone were to say, like, God bless you, and someone would say, God always blesses his children. (laughs) Yeah, that that guy's, like, parting phrase there at the end of that meeting. I hated that, too. That was such, like, just a knife in your back. Like, I was saying something nice, and why do you got to be, like, icily nice back to me? Yeah, it's... Just common courtesy to say it back instead of being a like a pedantic douche. <laughs> but to go back to what you were saying, in honor of 1899, we begin the episode by saying ahoy. And then in honor of Wheel of Time, we say, um, may you always find water and shade at the end. And then once dark comes, I don't know what we're going to do for dark. There's nothing catchy Wait. like that for dark right now. Hold on. Yeah, okay. May you always find water and shade, but the light needs to find you. Why are you finding shade? Is this a dark one thing? Absolutely not. It's an Aiel thing, and Aiel are very practical. They're like, they're kind of like the, I'm not going to say that they don't, they aren't true to the light and have their, you know, their... Uh, their religion, but they really hold truths. Like they, they think that water and shade are the most important things you can find in life. And before you can even think about, you know, blessing somebody, you need to like make sure that they have water and shade because it's so uh, sparse there in the mm-hmm. desert climate that they're in. So that is like what they hold like as to the highest regard. I will say one thing about these white coats, and then we'll get into the normal episode. When they say, hey, the light finds us all and it shines upon us, hey, even at nighttime, the light is shining through treetops. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I don't... I, I'm commenting on one of the chase scenes in this episode. They're, it's like, oh, this is a day for night thing. They oh. shot during the day, and you can see... Just through the canopy of the trees, a little light ray shining down. I, I Now that you mention it, I did notice it too. I tried to turn my, my ultra fan blind eye to such things, but sometimes they're glaring right there in our face. It's like in Jaws, that beginning shot, like when she's like getting thwipped around, that's daytime. There's no <laughs> night to be seen. Right. That is true. Uh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into it. I wanted to say off the bat that um, our email is still sweetchildoftimepod at gmail.com. We didn't mention that at all last week. We didn't read any letters last week, but we're still here. We're still here available for you. Um I wanted to say, too, that I have a segment with Lindsay that we're going to play during the break, during the first break. And the music this week is our boy Nate. This is like a real Sweet Child of Time-centric situation this week. Yeah, Nate's band is going to, or already has, introduced us with his song there, and we're going to get into that later on as well. But we're going to do our reviews first off, James. And to get us kicked off, I know most of your reviews or all of your reviews are fan reviews. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. All right. So I brought in a a, a professional review from one of the uh, uh, official reviews from IMDb, and they gave it an 8 out of 10 for this episode. Pretty good. This is geekculture.com. Uh, people say those who can't do teach and those who can't make film critique. Am I right, guys? <laughs> He's right. Right, Lindsay? <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, I, I was also going to say as someone, two individuals who kind of do that. Right. And one that does it professionally. But yeah, they say they're really into the sets. They say the CGI sets look great, especially the Forgotten City of Shadar Logith, which we see here. Um, They say while the sets are lavish, the same can't be said of the special effects. Combat scenes with the Trollocs can sometimes feel like a dated stop motion effect, while (gasps) Moraine's magic wielding is so far from the books and ridiculously flashy. Half the time, she looks as if she's close to spraining her wrist, (laughs) Um, which I kind of agree with them a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say that, but I kind of can see where they're coming from. 
But they wrap it up and they say, if you disregard the pacing of the first episode, the second and third episodes are much better. The Wheel of Time is ambitious and hopefully will get audiences sustained, blah, 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 blah. So they gave it an eight out of 10, pointed out a couple of things about it they didn't like, but for the most part, they dug it. So what did the fans have to say this week, James? All right. Would you like – I'm going to start with good reviews and then I'll go into bad reviews. That sounds perfect. Yes. So the good reviews are like eight to tens and then the bad reviews are one to two Ooh, okay. uh, out of ten stars. Hit me. All right. First up is episode two is great from Brain Whiz. They say, the first episode was a bit clunky, but this one really nails it. Love seeing these characters come to life. Looking forward to more and for the haters to disappear, which they will eventually. And then I put, oh, brain whiz, honey. <laughs> honey, no. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, I pretty much had the same thoughts there too. But yeah, honey, they're, the haters are still hating they're going to keep on hating right through to the end. Yeah, unfortunately. Unless epi- unless season two is nothing like we- <laughs> Game of Fortune. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, guys, the I, ac- I play a lot of Wheel of Fortune on mm-hmm. streams. So my notes, I accidentally labeled the file name Wheel of Fortune One Star Reviews. So if I accidentally say Wheel of Fortune, that's just what's on my brain. I think you were getting ready to say Game of Fortune, actually. Yeah, yes, I, I was going to say like, oh, it's no longer anywhere near Game of Thrones. I did want to say, yeah, my, my uh, before you go to your next review, my geek culture review, that is one thing they did. They did kind of give a knock to Game of Thrones at the end of this review. They said, um, after all, there are 13 books to adapt here, and hopefully you'll at least get a proper end of the TV show, unlike some other fantasy series where last Mm -hmm. season should not be mentioned. (laughs) There was one review that I – it was like a very short review, and at the end it said, hey – We can't compare this to Game of Thrones for two reasons. One, Game of Thrones is over. And two, uh, this is like – this is a different fantasy than Game of Thrones. Yeah, this is closer I would say to like Lord of the Rings than it is to Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. It's like people comparing Star Wars and Star Trek. They're completely different. One is science fiction. One is science fantasy. But they both start with that word star, so they got to uh-huh. be alike, don't they? Oh, man. <laughs> I started watching this star versus the forces of evil, and I'm like, oh, this is nothing like Tatooine. <laughs> what other uh, reviews you got? You see you got some other positive reviews, too? Yeah. Things get interesting from mm. Chris Warman, editor, maybe, is what that is. The pacing slows down a bit from the first episode, and we get some genuine character interactions. Every character gets a moment to shine. As a reader, Shadath Logoth, uh, (laughs) Shadar Logoth, I mean, was the standout in this episode. Actually, you want to know what? The reviewer just spelled it wrong. Let's go with that. All right. They nailed it. Don't edit that out, Steve. It's a joke. I got it wrong. I read it incorrectly. (laughs) But they nailed it. Everything that made that section of the book intriguing is in the show. A huge step up from episode one, in my opinion. And the next reviews go into the Shadar Logoth stuff. But also, I pulled a lot of reviews were all contradictory in the and there was one key word in all of them. So here's just in quotes that key word in many different reviews. This is perfectly paced series benefits from slower pace. Still too fast paced. They are always in a hurry, but there are positive steps forward. Story is still too fast paced. Well paced and peaked into a vaster world. So many were like, it's too slow paced. It's too fast paced. It's a baby bear pace. <laughs> so they didn't hit the pace just right. They didn't get that uh, that that baby bear situation. <laughs> some of them. Some of them did. Some of them felt that way. Others did not. But... Here are two other ones that I pulled because I'm like, yes, this is what I really loved about this episode and some others in the future. 
Horror Elements in My Fantasy? Yes, please. From <laughs> J.D. Bracken. They say, the wheel of time continues to impress, this time introducing some incredibly creepy horror elements through dream sequences in Mm -hmm. a haunted, deserted city with a terrible secret. The acting continues to be top-notch, and I have a feeling the world is only going to get crazier and bigger from here on out. I'm already hooked. I like this person's perspective. Who wrote this one? J.D. Bracken. J.D. Bracken, you're my new friend. I'm going to find you on Instagram. I like your perspective there because, yeah, like the uh, Shadar Logoth is how mm-hmm. I think we're supposed to say it. And, yeah, the dream sequences were my two, like, standouts, too, from that. I, mm-hmm. I love the the introduction to the dream world and how it kind of is like a barrier between our world and the dream world. It's, it's great. Um, and it's just chock full of bats, guys, ready to be <laughs> snapped in half. Mm-mm-mm. Round the campfire. He went raw dog those uh, bats, though, didn't he? Yeah, I really liked, uh, I was saying to Nicole, uh, Matt says, well, none of us can be the dragon because the dragon's supposed to have wings. I'm looking at us. Uh-uh. When they <laughs> leave, I, I, in Matt's voice, I was like, oh, yeah, guys, and before we leave, be sure to pick up all the these dead bats. I, I want to make wings out of their <laughs> wings so I can be the dragon. Yeah, I did. I did notice that too. The the, the wing reference because usually when they have a character say something like "Oh, the dragon is," and they say a bunch of silly things, usually the third thing they say is going to be like the actuality of the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know about in this case. We don't want to do any spoilers, but I thought that was a pretty silly <laughs> line from Matt too. They said the dragon has wings. The dragon is. Is I'm trying to think of like a false thing. The dragon is Godzilla, and the dragon has red hair. Mm. <laughs> All right, uh, the last good review, positive review, I should say. The negative reviews are pretty good in my case. Yeah, they say Shadow is waiting and spooky good episode. This is Dave G. Brooklyn. They say, damn, it turns into even more horror-themed elements and turns into one of the best looks at a journey episode in the early epic adventure. Mm-hmm. Okay. White cloaks are introduced and they show just how dangerous the world is and not just the literal monsters within it. Great movement towards larger storylines. Love I love the review too, and I agree. The white cloaks, I was not expecting to see them this soon in the series. They showed Mm -hmm. up really early, which was a big surprise. All right, these are the bad reviews, and this person I had to take. It's a long, long review, unbroken paragraph. So I just, I took maybe five sentences ish from. This is Lee Rob. Hyphen five five eight five two. They say what a total load of horse droppings. Three exclamation points. And this Dilwe, just so everyone knows, gave a one star review to every single episode of this show. So be on the lookout that you're like, oh, uh, let me ch- check out this profile. Oh, it's Lee Rob. Uh uh-uh. uh. So they say. I did not think it was possible to destroy a story so completely, ellipses. The people who made this show should be banned from any further work in video. This person must be like British or something, like from Europe, because no one here would be like in video. Video. They would say like in film and such. They should not be allowed to work in television or movies. Wait, that's redundant. Why didn't I take that out? Character personality, (laughs) character entrances, plot, location, world rules, nations, customs, etc. It is as similar to Wheel of Time as Dragonlance is to the Dragon Realms. After all, they both have elves and have dragon in the title. They must be the same, right? This show literally made me sick to my stomach. Maybe you just have uh, uh, Crohn's or something, man. Or a bad diet. Yeah. 
with crones as well, like me. He made the same point that we did about the dragons in the title, and we said the same thing about the stars in the title. So that is one one area that I think that where uh, our Venn diagram meets. But everywhere else, I didn't hear a review. I just heard he was mad. It didn't. It wasn't like the book. Well, no, the the, the character personality elements, plots, all of that. Uh, it, that's bad. Okay. Well, is it? I don't think it is. I don't know. Maybe I cut something out that I shouldn't have. <laughs> or I left things in that I shouldn't have. Yeah, it's probably that one, the latter. It's my fault, not his. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my final one is terrible writing continues, and I'm glad I started looking at people's usernames a little more closely because this individual's, they clearly made an IMDB account specifically to review bomb this because their username is W-O-T Purist. <laughs> the best username ever. All right. Man, I'm I'm going to pay him. I'm going to pay him for that username. That's the equivalency of a white cloak right there. I tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They say more cringe dialogue, more unnecessary changes, ellipses. The change in the old castle city is terrible. It makes no sense other than they wasted so much money that they had to change a mist into a crawly thing. One paragraph later, ellipses. Like others, I wonder where the money went so that they can't CGI a mist. They have to do a cheap changes like that. Dude, I think you're the only one who cared. Was it a mist in the book? It it was, but it, it, nobody cared. It was still the same representation is there. It's like a black thing that is like spreading evil and you have to get away from it. And he's complaining because in the in the book, like it, that's not how they got split up. They got split up in a different manner, but it, the end result was the, exactly the same. Maybe it was the, uh, they're like, oh yeah, let's do this missed thing, and then it's just somehow the the telephone rings. They're like, oh, uh, let me pick up this. <laughs> then their other telephone rings, and they're like, oh. Then in stereo, one is John Carpenter and one is Stephen King, and they're like, cut the mist shit. <laughs> and then they they're like, oh, okay, guys, I guess we have to we have to do a crawly thing. I'm guessing that they did not want to confuse the magic with the mist because they've oh, been yeah. showing us the magic with the white and the black swirlies, and that's exactly what it would look like. So I Make think it, it was a mist. wise choice. I also want to go back to our first negative review guy. We, we yeah. kind of blazed past where he said that <laughs> because they're part of a show that he doesn't particularly like, they should not be allowed to work in this field ever again. Uh, it's a pretty, a pretty intense standard to hold somebody to. If you, if you write a bad show or you're part of a bad show, you're out of this town, buddy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Holy shit. I, uh, d- I thought I the I thought I put in those ellipses. I pulled up the review to be like, oh, what did I miss? That's word for word the review. Okay. <laughs> okay, guys, guess what? It's on Lee Rob, not Heck on me. Yeah. James is vindicated once again. <laughs> Cause I was like, yeah, what 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 did I miss out on? But no. <laughs> it, it was word for word I took that review. Dang, dude. Well, thank you for the reviews, James. We love these and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll keep bringing like one uh, critics review to the table every week and I'll let you oh, keep yeah. on with the fan. I'll let, I'll let you dive into that swamp just like I have been. I, I need to bring this up. Uh, I unfortunately have promoted our show on the regular Wheel of Time subreddit Ooh. and it was a big mistake. I got downvoted and catcalled, not catcalled, um, oh. shit talked to s- and... <laughs> That intro void. Don't you want to come over here and sit on my face? Come on, baby. (laughs) They were dog calling me, I guess you would call it. And I realized I I promoted on the wrong subreddit. So I quickly went over to the Wheel of Time, to the WOT show subreddit. It's a different world over there. I think Mm -hmm. if you bring up the TV show and the regular Wheel of Time community, it, I think it's just fashionable to like hate on the show, even if you yeah. secretly think it's okay. You you still have to you know give somebody crap on Reddit for it. So I've been braving that this past week, and it's been tough. 
It's crazy how uh, Earwolf, we both like podcasts from that. They always, hosts will always talk about how terrible the Reddit is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I get nothing but love when I post my stuff on there with my music stuff. And then uh, you go over to like the Super Sentai subreddit and those people are just unfun curmudgeons. <laughs> right. Yeah, I picked the wrong fan base. That's why I'm so happy that um, we got into the Darkways production fan base, uh, mm-hmm. Lindsay and myself. It's just a just a nicer community, just straight up. Yeah. Um, I guess because there's no like source material you can deviate from because they're creating the material <laughs> as yeah. they go. So that's it. You were speaking about um, love and you're playing with your locks of love right there, James. Last week we were talking about, you joked that you were going to, you know, donate your hair to like make Nicola wig. And then you were like, you know, y'all were talking about how creepy that would be. Yeah. I want you to realize something that when you donate your hair to an organization to make a wig, they're not going to make the wig look exactly like your hair with your hairstyle and your color. It's not going to be you and Nicole with like identical hair. They can make it any haircut any color they can do like a black bob they could do like a pink mohawk they could do anything with that thing so all right i just want to let you know (laughs) but in my situation it would be me having someone create a wig for nicole to be just like straight down like mine is like a one for one (laughs) that's the joke that i'm trying to convey and nicole gets it so we both have the same exact haircut (laughs) <laughs> okay all right i just want i just i didn't know if you thought that was the only option like if you send oh, no. in your hair they're gonna make a wig exactly like your head <laughs> oh, that would also be impossible because they would take a picture and it would be like oh that my hair's <laughs> d- three feet long well they cut a foot and a half well we can't make it three feet long it doesn't grow yeah 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 yeah. well they can they can weave they can weave they need that they need that foot and a half to be able to weave man you know Mm -hmm. how that goes anyway that's a sad note let's get into our show here james Uh, yeah i don't have i don't have a lot of notes on this but i do have some that are like uh, questions about the world at large okay. of Wheel of Time and a couple new things that I noticed. Yeah, same here. I don't have a, h- a huge amount of notes either because we've already done the uh, the whole recap, which is back there in the, uh, what do you call that? The show catalog. We got a recap that, of this episode. The annals of Wheel of Time or the annals. <laughs> I don't, I might have messed something up. The there. annals of Sweet Child of Time, not Wheel there of Time go. now. Yeah, I guess the first thing we got introduced to was the Children of the Light, which you've already talked about. And we meet Emin Volda here, and he's, first off, that that gross stuff that he's eaten. I know Uh that you're highly averse to, like, watching people eat gross stuff on film. Is that correct? Uh Uh-huh. I was watching Good Mythical Morning this morning, and it was a pork fancy (laughs) to – it was – they eat – an array of food items that it ranges from the frozen section to fancy dining and they choose which one they prefer without knowing what where what came from and it was pork and there was a bacon one and Rhett like they're they're not like palming the bacon so I'm fine but Rhett eats the bacon and then messes with his hair with the same hand and I, I almost threw up. There was there's one episode that it's uh, we eat with our hands. There have been oh. like how greasy can we get? There have been episodes that I had to just skip and luckily Nicole is fine with that because he's like, well, I'm not really that. It, I'm not so into seeing a man covered in grease that I'm like, well, I'm going to watch this on my own. <laughs> I was, I was thinking about you during this because I was like, I know that James isn't isn't loving watching this again because I don't either. I'm the exact same way where it's more effective to me or it's more um, I feel more adverse to it if I see somebody getting like a shot or see some kind of pain happening on some kind of show being inflicted on someone. I can like feel that pain and uh-huh. it makes me like recoil and like when i saw him like eating this thing it made me also recoil cuz i was like imagining having that in my throat and it was disgusting so i didn't love it so i'm sorry that you had to rewatch that and to everybody also, else that saw it 
Also, I was eating because I forgot about the record today. <laughs> so I was eating. Nicole watched it with me. I should have asked her, like, hey, what are your thoughts on this show? Uh, she did say, like, I feel like we've had this same conversation about meringue being uh, a jigsaw of sorts. Of saying, like, oh, well, I didn't kill that man. He killed himself. I told oh. him not to go that way. Right. So I, I'm not sure if Nicole likes this show or not. <laughs> well, that's a scene a little further up. We'll get to that mm-hmm. when we get to it. But, yeah, they do have a real peculiar way of uh, of talking in riddles. And they did that a lot in 1899 as well because it's a puzzle box show. So a lot of riddles <gasps> talked in that way. So I don't know. Um, I wanted to say a couple things about these guys, though, uh, before we move on from the white cloaks. The Aes Sedai he was burning was a yellow Aes Sedai. She was wearing yellow, which are the healers. Mm -hmm. So their goal is to hunt and to kill dark friends, people they think are on the side of dark. And like one of their number one enemies is the Aes Sedai for whatever reason. And, you know, they're all separated into different categories and the yellows Mm -hmm. are the healers. So who he's burning here on the stake is like the least threat that could ever be. This is a woman who like, you know, heals other people and indiscriminately. And, you know, it it just shows like how bad they are. Because if they, you know, if they had a red Aes Sedai on the stake, it'd be bad as well. But just the fact that it's a yellow, I think, is is significant. Uh, it's, I feel, the worst thing because to kill a medic on the the war field yeah. is a war crime, the battlefield, I should say, in our real life. You sh- you are unable, you, you're not allowed to do that because right. if an Aes Sedai who heals is gone, that's like, oh, well, it's going to be easier to kill the rest of them. It's, it's so morally bankrupt to do that it sucks and speaking on that uh we do get some conversations about like the one power but i think uh killing Aes Sedai is a nice segue into me asking about the world of the wheel of time okay is the one power a well meaning is it like one there's a certain amount and you can like recycle it like you can pull from it and it goes back yeah, it's exactly like a river is how it's described. Um, it's like a, a flowing river, like class five rapids, you know, both powers, the the Sedar and Sedan kind of flow in the same way. And you, okay. you grasp into the, the flow to access it. So if you, so let's say right now there are a hundred Aes Sedai. If, and they're, they're able to pull from it. That's mm-hmm. cool. If there's like 10 Aes Sedai, are they able to pull more because there's not as many people? I guess I should have said like, is it like broadband internet? Um, In a way, um, what they would do in that situation is they would link together. They have a situation that they call link and Mm -hmm. not everybody is able to take the the same amount of power from that source. Okay, So like, you know, you would be able to like, you know, X amount. I would have X amount. And that would be that would determine our strength. So if you're going to link with people, you want to link with some strong Aes Sedai and say you have an Aes Sedai that's kind of like really weak, doesn't have a lot of power, can't draw a lot of power. But the one thing that they can do is like really significant. But because they're really weak in the power, they can't do it. They want to link with other Aes Sedai and able to like, you know, enhance that. Uh, yeah, and before we move on to from the White Cloaks, I got to say, when they had the woman they were burning at the stake, you probably didn't notice this, but she was in a giant pile of leaves, like right by a bunch of trees. It was the worst place to try to, to, try to burn someone at the stake. Huge fire hazard, everything mm-hmm. flammable around it. I think there was like a tree above it as well. Just bad placement. I think and, I, you know. I blame that on the set department. I'm sorry. Nah, I may, there might be a reasoning for it. No, none whatsoever. I encourage anyone to rewatch that scene. Look at, look at where they placed that fire. And it was a bad set design. I, I, that's, that would be my critique if I was one of these swarthy fans going online talking about that stuff. That's what I would say. Actually, I would 
more liken it to, let's say, I set up my room or my house, and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I really want a TV in my bathroom, but the only place I can put it is above the toilet or above the tub, and it's like, well, that's a that's a hazard, and I'm like, well, that's the only place I logistically can do that. They right. already had the camp set up for the white clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude wants to have a dinner and a show because that's how messed up he is. That's the only place he can like, sure. hey, my my dinner table's here. I'm not going to move my dinner table or I'm not going to prolong me burning this individual. I agree with you. They should have raked ahead of time. Somebody okay. should have raked those dry leaves away because <laughs> there was an awful lot of them there. It's kindling, baby. <laughs> you don't want that. It was like it was it was as if you had like a little line of like uh, like alcohol to like spread a fire like they do in the cartoons where they do like mm-hmm. the, the line of gasoline. It's exactly the same thing. It was going right to the trees, right to the camp. Let's get past that. I'm actually going to take a first break so we can talk to Lindsay. We'll be right back, James. All right. from break and i'm here with Lindsay. ahoy there Lindsay. ahoy <laughs> you're gonna be joining me for doing some whoops some dark recaps uh coming up in a couple of weeks we're gonna begin that late march and you have recapped dark before is that correct yes in fact i'm still in the in process it feels like project that will never be complete <laughs> because it each of the recaps is intense that's true. You um, have got written recaps already at uh, your website, one of my stories. So we're going to kind of use those as a guide, but people can go ahead and um, read those now if they wish, correct? That's absolutely correct. Uh, if you actually go to the IMDb thing for Dark and go to the whole show, you can see my review in the critics' reviews, or you can just go to one of my stories.com and put in Dark. But when I started doing these, they are the most popular thing on my website because people, th- this show is so complex. This show is so, has so many layers that when you get done, you sort of need a cheat sheet to look at. And it's been wonderful getting all the comments from people that say, thank you for these recaps. They saved my life. And so that's why I keep doing it, even though it, it is a time, it takes a lot of time. But I... I'm getting comments on it. I'm getting appreciation. So it's hard to stop once you start getting encouragement, right? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly why I do it too, because I kind of do it for myself because it helps me analyze the show better and take everything beat by beat. But uh, I benefit a lot from listening to recaps of other shows. Like I listen to Game of Thrones recap. I'm listening to a recap right now of um, uh, The Last of Us, which is you know currently airing. Uh, I just it's just something I'm into. So I'm grateful to be doing this as well. And 1899 really took off. So our podcast, that is like, we got a big listenership and it was a very friendly group and very appreciative of our recaps too. And that's why I wanted to continue doing it. And especially with you. And, um, yeah, I didn't mention that up front that you are a critic and you're a critic with two different associations. Can you give us your credentials again, please, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am? Yes, I'm a member of the North Carolina Film Critics Association and also the Southeast Critics Association. Southeast Film Critics Association, yes. That one I'm newer in, so the acronym is still a little bit different. But those are the two groups I'm in, as well as I'm allied certified, which means I get invited (laughs) to press screenings, which is a definite bonus if you're trying to write reviews. Heck yeah, I wish I... I tried to delve into that myself with Wheel of Time, and I haven't, got, haven't gotten a successful end yet. I hope to at some point. Um, did you want to do our Dark Recap as a weekly podcast? Is that okay with you, or are you more into bi-weekly, as you're doing with 1899? I think we, what we talked about before was doing it weekly, which will, which will work. The reason I'm doing bi-weekly with 1899 is I'm needing a week to write the written recap Ah. and a week to produce 
my audio and video recaps since I'm doing both. That's the reason for that interval. But a week, doing one episode a week is is just fine, especially since I already have these written recaps ready to go. It's exactly what I was hoping you would say. I was hoping you'd say weekly. And if you're going to say bi-weekly, I was going to say, huh, how about weekly? What do you think about weekly? So, <laughs> I'm glad this worked out. Um, one last thing before I let you go is I wanted to say that myself and Nate uh, were kind of disappointed that James didn't want to watch 1899 with us. We tried to get him to watch 1899. It didn't happen. You and myself were disappointed that Nate hasn't seen Dark and we're trying to encourage him to watch Dark. And so now to make the triangle complete, myself and James are very disappointed in you, Lindsay, that you are not watching any Wheel of Time. So... Would you have any interest in watching Wheel of Time at all? Or is it just the kind of thing you're just not into at all? I think for me, it's the it's the commitment and the time needed. If I'm now, if I'm still working on dark recaps and I'm doing 1899 recaps, and I also want to watch The Cabin of Curiosities oh. and Andor. And so I have many shows in my queue, which is why I don't watch that many shows. Plus, I have movies I need to review. So it's more a matter, if I had no no other shows to watch, I would watch it. I have watched the first episode of Wheel of Time, and I couldn't remember if I had, but when I listened to your recap, I actually remembered, oh, yes, I remember this. It uh, was an intriguing concept. It just kind of fell fell off of the priority list. Well, you know, whenever you decide to watch it, my recaps will always be there. Sweet child of time with me and James. And I'm really sad to hear that Cadmets of Curiosity is, is preempting your wheel of time watching. But, but you go ahead and watch your Cadmets of Curiosities. That's fine. Well, you know what, Steve? <laughs> yes. I'm disappointed that you're disappointed in me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> to make this expand? circle complete. <laughs> All right. The circle is now a square, which once was a triangle. But, Lindsay, thank you for joining me. And I'll be talking to you hopefully in February at some point, correct? We'll be talking with, um, once you finish watching your 1899, yourself, me, and Nate are going to get together and rehash the season. Is that correct? All of our ending thoughts. I guess I should be saving those and not giving them to you in the DMs. I should be saving them for the podcast. (laughs) DMs are fine, too. It gives us something to do during the day. (laughs) But yeah, we hope to see you then. And uh, thanks for joining me. And may you always find water and shade. May you always find water and shade as well, Steve. (laughs) Thanks. Bye, Lindsay. Bye. And we're back from talking to Lindsay. James, how come you didn't say anything to Lindsay? You were awfully quiet there. Uh, My microphone stopped working. You could have waved your hand or something. That was really rude. But anyway. Butter came in and just kind of like messed with all the knobs. So I was, it's very hard to pick her up because she just kind of wiggle worms with claws out and they're very sharp. I get it. So you were saying earlier about one of your reviews, they were, somebody was saying it's fast paced and somebody else was saying it's slow paced. I think it was the same person was saying that this show is both fast paced and slow paced. No, that was many reviews that I just pulled the word pace from and the sentence around it. Well, yeah, I, I wanted to address that now because we saw some scenes where they were like galloping really fast and running from stuff. We saw scenes where they were walking really slow and they were singing songs. Uh, we saw scenes when they were just laying around, not doing anything. This is for the benefit of the horses. This is how you run a horse. You can't just run really fast to the next town. You have to run for like 30 minutes and then, you know, saunter for 30 minutes it's like interval running. You can't just keep going. They're lucky that Moraine is there, that she can heal the horses, but even so, you can't run them to death. So that might be one of the reasons they thought the pacing was off is natural, you know, horsing. This is why you need a, a capsule horse, like in Dragon Ball Z, where <laughs> one horse, or kind of like a Pokemon, one horse, wow, yeah, you could just have two Rapidashes and one in a Pokeball resting, throw one out when it gets tired, and then, well, that one's running. Man, <laughs> Pokemon had it figured out. Why can't we do that? Why can't we shove a horse in a tiny ball? Uh, 
we're getting there. We are getting there. I've seen I've seen some progress being made by our friends at NASA. We're getting there, James. It is people will look at old Star Trek and stuff like that and be like, "Oh wow, they were like Apple watches or tablets. Mm-hmm. Those things were." Eventually, someone will be like, "Yeah, I figured out how to put animals in balls." <laughs> That'd be. Cr- I don't know. Oh, that reminds me of something I see. It's like a trend I've seen in. Uh, I think it's either in China or Japan where they put little tiny turtles or lizards in these little plastic balls with water and then they give them mm-hmm. to kids to like and they'll eventually die uh-huh. and i've heard a lot of organizations will buy these animals to like try to nurse them back to health mm-hmm. and like only like two percent of them actually live like once you put them in that environment they're not going to survive it's awful yeah. so yeah putting animals in balls is a very bad idea james <laughs> let's get past yeah. that. also a real quick thing is if any company tried to do that nintendo would sue them so mm. quickly absolutely <laughs> Let's see. We got some Aes Sedai stuff happening Um, during the nighttime. I'm going to skip ahead to like when they're hanging out at night. Um, A bunch of things happened then. First off, Moraine goes through the uh, the three oaths from the Aes Sedai, lays it out really clearly for us, which is nice. We also she's talking to Egwene about the one power. And she has that jewel and she's trying to describe it to Egwene and she's describing it as a river. And the way she's describing it, she's basically describing the thing that happened to Egwene like the very previous day. And I almost wonder if maybe Moraine was like, you know, spying on, not spying, but yeah, check scoping them out. And if she saw Egwene floating down that river, like for her women's circle induction. Well, she's a information dude, right? The hmm? blues are information lords. <laughs> yes, correct. Yeah. I, I my guess is she knows this sect of yeah. what are they called? Yep. Um hmm? the the braided people. Oh, the women's circle. The I'm guessing she knows like what they do and how like initiated they get. So if she's like, "Oh, this person just became this. This is a good metaphor to use." Yeah, exactly. This is how I get through to the kids. You know, this is my uh, mm-hmm. this is my equalizer here. Also, at nighttime, we see all the cool dreams. We're get, we're introduced to the dream worlds here, and I like how they use like the bats, as I said before, is to kind of show us like the barrier between like the real world and the dream world because we don't really have any confirmation of what happened really happened. Like Rand spit up a bat, but all yeah. signs point to yes. <laughs> that did happen. So I uh, I do uh, I was wondering why anyone or specifically Rand would want to go sleep alone and away from anyone. Mm-hmm. But then I started remembering like that's his whole thing is I go it alone, and we'll see that at the end when he's like I'm the this person. In case anyone, is, I don't want to spoil <laughs> the episode of later. Right. And he's like, I'm going to do this alone. And then at the end is like, well, see you, that person. I'm truly going to go everything alone. Yeah, he lives up there alone with his dad. So I think that's just like part of like his personality, I suppose. I think one of the main reasons that he was out there alone, though, is because remember he was in there with everybody else and he noticed uh, Egwene and Moraine going off and doing their thing. Mm -hmm. So maybe he just, you know, is mad at Egwene because he's like, oh, here she is going to go, you know, get taught more women stuff and, you know, I'll be out of the picture. So I think I think that was the reason behind that is he was just, you know, feeling bummed about that. Because otherwise, yeah, he want to cuddle up with his buddy, Matt. You know, Matt looks super cool in that trench coat he's wearing this episode. Did you happen to notice that? No, uh, Matt really bothers me this episode. Why? Okay, tell me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. Well, I mean, do you want to go in order? You just want to tell me now. I'd like to know. what what What's Matt doing to bother you? Matt is the real, like, the, he messes things up more than oh, anyone else. You're like, talking he's about Shadar Logoth, aren't you? Yes. Okay, the reason okay, okay, why okay, the party get- splits. And I still have so many issues. And now, it, it, re-watching this, Lan... Is the most if if someone is causing problems, that is Matt. If 
someone who should be solving the problems, Lana's is just not doing it because he has the horse and he can just loop around as much as he can to find the other individuals. The town doesn't look that big. It would probably <laughs> take, I don't know, like 40 minutes tops to scope around the entire perimeter. And eventually you would find all of your friends. Whereas the others, they still should <laughs> right. have been like, let's just find the crack and we'll be fine. Yes. Yep, that's going to happen next episode. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And sure, Lan is the brawn and Moraine is the brains. That's kind of like their whole operation where like, you know, Lan is her protector, not necessarily the one who makes all the decisions. So he's in kind of an odd spot here with Moraine not feeling as good as she is. And yeah, he's not great at his decisions. You're right. He he goes so far into the woods before stopping. (laughs) Also, actually, he is so knowledgeable about this city. He should have been aware like, oh, this isn't going to leave the city. This is something confined to this prime real estate, guys. Hey, just firebomb it with sage and then you're good. You can go back in this town and make it all just break the walls down like Mr. Gorbachev and be good. Yep, you're right. But yeah, we did skip ahead way too far because I wasn't ready to go into Shadar Logoth yet. You're right. I thought you were talking about Matt at this point in their campsite, like the next day during their journey. I just couldn't see anything Matt was doing that was that was wrong. I didn't think I didn't think that far ahead. No, because he was like, hey, I'm fine with going with this woman because everyone wants to kill us. But hey, she throws fireballs. Let's just go with her. And he uplifts people's spirits by start singing. And that's my final note is on this singing stuff. Yeah, I was going to bring it up, of course. Yeah. What do you think about the uh, the song, the end song? I mean, the end episode song singing. They wait the end episode song in episode like. Oh, in. OK. Yeah. I it's great foreshadowing for, I think, two things. One, they themselves are the small army that yes. has n- no help going to be coming to them. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, the when they go to the borderlands, is that where land is from? Yes. Land. That's right. Uh, I think it's also foreshadowing that because they asked for help and they even said the queen had to draw all this power to take down this huge army. But luckily it saved everyone else. And that's uh, spoilers. That's what (laughs) happens in a later episode. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you picked up on all of this stuff last year, like your first time around watching this. I remember being impressed like last year because you picked up on when Moraine was saying, um, you know, I'm a what did she say? I'm a lady from a fallen house. And you picked up on that like she can't lie. And she actually said that. So I think she actually is a lady from a fallen house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that you're picking up on a lot of stuff that I think the casual viewer probably would not. Maybe because we're doing a recap podcast and you have to take notes. Yeah, Uh (laughs) I can pick up on like, hey, this is foreshadowing for a plot point later on, but I cannot pick up on, oh, yeah, that person's in love with that person. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, they're all supposed to be platonic and they're all supposed to be buddies. So you're not supposed to pick up on that necessarily. Or Um, thinking like, oh, yeah, there's some sexual chemistry between these two. Oh, no, there's none whatsoever between (laughs) Lan and Meringue. Nope. But the, yeah. Perrin, however, I want to go into him. We haven't talked about that poor guy this whole episode. Um, first off, I think his hair looks cool like this. He's got those short little little spiky things coming out. Mm-hmm. And you know that later on in the episode, because we're going to be probably eight seasons into the show. We're absolutely three, probably eight to complete it. And I think by the end, we're going to see some nice, big, long Perrin dreads. I, I'm sure of it. Um, we're getting introduced to the fact that he's down with the wolves because he's got a whole bunch of wolves coming up on him. Um, he's got those scratch marks from the trollic. So it looks like all signs are indicating that he's a wolf man, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though these wolves are tiny little wolves. Did you notice when that wolf came up to like start licking his leg at that one scene and the wolf was going lick, and then it turned into the beat of like the song that they played like for the next transition scene. Like they used I mean, the wolf lick in the music to like do like the metronome. 
Oh, no, I didn't. It's badass. I loved it. I don't know. I was hoping you noticed that. Oh, that, that, uh, some say get a great drummer in your band. I say get a, <laughs> a feral wolf. They know how to keep time. That wolf was not feral. Those wolves were really well-kempt and really well-behaved and I don't know. They were like, they were like the size of my dog. I don't know. I think they should have been a tad bit bigger in my opinion, but you get what you get. My, uh, yeah. Also, I'm, my guess is the bigger the wolf is, the harder it is to uh, train it to be an actor. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. I liked how it was like, oh, yes, um, you summoned me here to lick your wound, correct? All right. And he's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> See, what what else we got about Perrin here? I knew I had a couple of the notes about the guy. Um, no, nah, just that he reminded me of Hopper. And, of course, my dog Hopper is named after a Wheel of Time character as well. Uh, yeah, we ran into the White Cloaks again. And you remember how there was, of course... The one dude, um, Valda, the, the guy that we hate, we love to hate. And then you saw the other gray haired gentleman that like spoke a little more kindly, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the def, he's the official leader of the white cloaks and mm-hmm. Valda is like often a, he's a questioner. So he's a different, different level, even though, um, Bornhold, the gray haired gentleman is, Technically, the leader, he still defers to Valda for whatever reason, because they see Valda as like having like a higher purpose or that he's more touched by the light than the rest of them because mm-hmm. of the emblem that he wears for whatever reason. So, you know, we'll we'll be we'll be seeing Bornhold a lot later on. We don't see much of him this season, but he'll definitely be like a recurring character later on. One review, we don't have time to get into, like, why wouldn't they do this? But a review did say, it doesn't make sense if the questioner knows about Aes Sedai and they can't lie. Just ask, are you an Aes Sedai? (laughs) Yeah, bingo. I mean, (laughs) what else you got to do? That's true. But maybe they enjoy the, they get a thrill out of what, how many questions can I ask without specifically asking to maybe try to catch them in a, in quotes, like mistruth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Moraine is like super wounded through this whole thing too. So that's Mm -hmm. why she is in the state that she's in, even though she does, does a pretty good job of, uh, of talking to the white clicks through the pain. And I do like the leader saying, Hey, I wouldn't like anyone ever being around in Aes Sedai. They're one of our biggest enemies. But you should go to this town, find a healer. They're the only ones who are going to make you better. Yeah, and guess who just burned a healer at the stake? His buddy Uh Almon Valda right there. That's so lame. Um, Something that I noticed this episode that I never noticed before is that just like last episode, when danger came around, like when that fade came to like their campsite. It was a Gwen who like woke up listening to the wind. She heard him before anybody else did. So they're really like letting us know that a Gwen, you know, can listen to that wind. Mm-hmm. And speaking on the questioners, I prefer Oatvalda over Almondvalda <laughs> because almonds make my tummy hurt. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Egwene is also riding our star horse, Bella. So that's something else we should, we, I didn't notice that either until last episode I was talking about our horse, Bella. Egwene's mm-hmm. on Bella's back and Bella is the horse that um, Lan rides out of Shadar Logoth later on too. When he gets to, one of the horses dies, not Bella, and Bella gets ridden out later. But in any case, yeah, they, they get led to Shadar Logoth because of the whole Trolloc situation. Um, yeah, we kind of glanced over the Trollocs, um, and yeah. that whole, that whole river We've scene. We've talked about it. We've talked about it, y'all. We're going to Shadar Logoth right now. I, I like the Shadar Logoth scene a lot because I really like seeing like deserted cities, deserted mm-hmm. malls. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, Charlotte was really into this YouTube series. These two guys, Sam and Colby, and they would go. Um, to like deserted malls and goof around and stuff. But the places yeah. they went were super awesome. And that's what this reminded me of. And I loved it. <laughs> Abandoned schools though. Uh-uh, get it out of here. Abandoned churches. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Turn them into a skate park, buddy. 
Have you seen that ch- that abandoned church that that a group has turned into a skate park in Canada? No, it's badass. It's anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Shadow Logoth is cool, and their scenery is cool. We get that one overhead shot, and you got Rand and Egwene finally holding hands here. You had to have seen that because it's and been then like they jumped headfirst <laughs> into the cement. Oh, oh, oh! The sign of the cross. Poor guys. Um, did you notice? I didn't. We didn't talk about this during our recap. I checked. We did not. Matt gave Perrin that knife that Layla oh, yeah. made for him, and then he got lured away to find another knife. So, like in doing so, he was like gifted this other knife right away. And the main reason that probably happened is their Taviran nature that these four have. Did they talk about Taviran at all at this point? I don't no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's the type of folks they are. Um, they just have like a magnetic nature about them, a certain energy that just draws people to them. And like the grand pattern of life weaves itself around Taviran people. So things happen when Taviran mm. people enter a room. All these folks are Taviran. Like, so that's the best way that the pattern can get this dagger into Matt's hands, even though that's not exactly the outcome we want. Yeah. That is what happens. And it happened to a Taviran uh, for giving away a knife. And then he gets another one in return. Now, did Which, you uh, notice that, but just not say it last time? Or did you notice that this time around that he got knife for knife? No, I, I, I took it more as at least this time. I just – I don't remember that scene at all from our first watch through. But this time I took it more as, hey, this is a knife and uh, g- going from a like – wait. Yeah, he gave the knife to – but he's like, hey, you'll need this because – your wife said, I'll probably be the one getting you in trouble, so (laughs) I'll need to defend you, and et cetera, et cetera. And that's what happens. Like, Matt gets everyone in trouble, and now (laughs) uh, Perrin needs the knife because he's kind of fucked. Yep. I mean, Matt does get everybody in trouble, but he was kind of, he was used. Like, his weakness was used against him. His Um, greed. Yeah. And yeah, they established in the first episode that he'll that he'll steal a bracelet from a friend at a bar, um, which is not the Matt from the books we know. But this is the Matt from the TV show. Um, he, he steals. And so it was second nature for him to take this knife. Land did not do a good enough job of explaining to them the dangers of this place. He just kind of briefly glossed over it. But he should have really like looked them in the eye and said, touch nothing, take nothing, because if you do, there will be serious consequences. And I think that conversation might have mm-hmm. stuck with Matt a little bit, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. But really, what else could Lan have done? I mean, the Trollocs were after him. He had the Shadar Logoth in front of him. He could either try to continue outrunning the Trollocs, which was not going to happen, or mm-hmm. he could go to Shadar Logoth. I think he this made the right what- call. This is what you do. Just uh-huh. go in that crack, go to the left, and just hang out at the wall. <laughs> True. Yeah, because the, the, yeah, the Trollocs aren't even coming near. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. They didn't have to venture that far into the city. I guess they wanted, they wanted to show it to us, the viewers. They wanted to see yeah. how cool this deserted mall looked. <laughs> they should have just someone get a drone and, you know, they go up on the drone. <laughs> All right, we got the action-packed ending here, too. Um, got to mention that Nynaeve shows up, mm-hmm. and that's the end of the episode here. That, that doesn't oh. give us anything other than the fact that she has a knife to land's throat. Yes, James? Oh, uh, just one thing. It's what you asked me every single other episode we did this. Wait, um, how are you? No. Um, how's Nicole? It, <laughs> no, it's related to the TV show. It's something that happens near the beginning. Um, how did you like the show, James? No, how did I like the opening credit 
thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you still haven't seen it? <laughs> you got my hopes all up. That was all for that. Jesus Christ, James. Maybe I'll see it. Maybe on this rewatch, I'll check it out. But I was pressed for time. I know you were. Oh, man. It's a cool, it's a nice, cool song, if nothing else. You can at least, at least listen to the song, close your eyes. So you can keep your streak of not watching it. And then you can listen to the song at the very least. (laughs) I haven't seen any Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, credit opening theme stuff. And I haven't heard the song. And when they were doing it on Get Animated, the Get Played anime Mm -hmm. spinoff, they're like, we got to show you this awesome theme song. Let's play it. I'm like, skip forward, skip forward, skip forward. Still haven't heard it. Well, we're done with the episode now, James, and I think we're about we're at about your uh, your stop time. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. If y'all didn't notice, we did kind of rush through a lot of stuff here. We didn't go into some details that I might bring up next week, James, if we have a little more time, because there are some asterisks right. here we didn't get to go over here. And I'll remember next week because we're we're first back to this. <laughs> it needs to become routine for me to remember. You know, we will get it. No problem at all, man. Uh, but anyway, uh, in, I got to mention that we have featured the music of Drone Gazer this episode. It's a song called The Weeping Ether, and it's available at Bandcamp. You can also follow them on Instagram, Drone Gazer, that is. And don't forget, we also talked to Lindsay. She, her website is one of my stories, and the link is in the show notes there. She'll be joining us in March, and... We lost some of the <laughs> the ending plugs here, but James will always tell you to go to MLMPod.com for his podcasts, and I'll plug in here the rest of what I got. Uh, uh, the Formulaic, The Height of Horror. They're all great shows, mostly speaking Sentai. Steve's been on some of those, so check them out. And listen to my music under Marshland Monster. New album coming out February 10th. And patreon.com forward slash Pod, where for $5 a month you get exclusive content podcasts, you know, every single Friday. Heck yeah. Don't forget to write us here. Don't forget to check us next week. Episode 3, we'll rewatch that one. And James, I hope you always find water and shade, sir. And I hope you chips ahoy. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody. Find your water and shade. Bye.